0: Good morning, everybody. It's good to see you. I'm going to be talking for the next uh, couple of weeks. Unfortunately for you, I'm going to talk about two things. Uh, Next week, I'm going to talk about glory. You know, the glory of God, and I'm actually going to talk about the glory that is now amongst us. And I'm going to kind of develop that next week. And it is, it's a revelation thing when we get hold of the word glory and all that it means for us. It really is. Uh, But this week, I'm going to kind of give an introduction to it. I've been having the most incredible week this week because I promised my wife, always have promised her in, how long have you been married to me? 49 years. In 49 years, I promised I would get her a new kitchen. It's my big promise. One day, I will get you a new kitchen. Then when we moved back down to Cheddar from whence we left and went north and came back down. We bought a house, and the one thing with the house not only did it need decorating, but it needed a new kitchen. And new kitchens are really expensive and really hard work to, to fit. And that's what I've been doing this past week. Now, the problem is, I've got a vision of what the kitchen might look like, but I don't like DIY. I don't like it. The the only difficulty is that I'm slightly good at it, slightly good, but I hate doing it. But I've got to apply myself to it, but very quickly, I lose enthusiasm. So the question why I'm doing this is very important to me. The why is, the why I am building this new kitchen that will be finished on Tuesday, is that I promised my wife I'd do it. It's really important. The why is I'm getting older and soon I won't be able to do it. The why is I'll soon be spent up as I get older. So now is the window of opportunity. The why is the old kitchen really was old. And it was not good for purpose. And soon, I'm not going to be good for purpose. So do it now. But I have this thing in my brain and always have had it. You must always finish what you start. So I know that once I start doing this, it's absolutely certain I must finish the kitchen. I can't leave it half done and leave it for another five, ten years. It's got to be finished on the day and in time and in perfect condition. The delivery of all my whys, is important. Now, I've got to account for the how. I've got the why. The why's in my brain. Now, I'm accounting for the how. How am I going to build a kitchen hating DIY? Well, just so happens I've got a very good DIY friend. And he is very, very good at DIY. One, he can plumb, he can do electrics, he can do plastering, and he's very good at fitting kitchens. Isn't that brilliant? (laughs) i got good friends. In my my telephone directory, his number is right at the top. Get Damien in, he's great. So he said he would come and help me, because I'm going to pay him, and together we are doing, that's part of the how. The second part of the how, how can I get a cheap kitchen? You know, the actual framework of the kitchen. How do I do that? Just so happens I've got a friend who deals in kitchens. See? That's part of the how. So I go and see Phil, da-da-da-da-da, yeah, we'll provide the kitchen, and so on. Great. So that's part of the how. How is what colour paint? How long is it going to take me? How am I going to get this completed on time? All the hows are linked to the why. And I want to talk this morning about the why and why church and why me in church. But I want to read to you from the Bible, from Isaiah 42 and this is going to talk on this week less than next week. This is it. Listen to this. I am the Lord. That's my name. I will not give my name Glory to another, or my praise will I give to idols? Now, look, the former things have taken place, and new things now I declare, and before they spring into being, I announce them to you. I was watching some show on television, is it Simon Cowell's show, his latest one with singers in it and actors and so on, and I don't know, singing, doing stuff. And there's this girl who is on one of the quiz programs. She's the, whatever she is, quiz master woman. And she was singing and she sang a song which caught my attention. She sang this song, I am on the edge of glory. Now, what the edge of glory meant to her is probably one thing, but what the edge of glory meant to me is quite a different thing. And I thought, no, I am living on the very edge of the glory of Almighty God. And I can experience his glory and I can bask in his glory. And I can find my identity in his glory. And the church of Jesus Christ is all about God's glory. I've been on the rugby pitches up in Yorkshire when we are some land of hope and glory in the crowd. Land of hope and glory. But the Bible tells me that one day the earth will be filled with his glory. You'll be singing a new song. Glory, glory, glory. When I talk about glory in this next couple of weeks, I am not talking about a glory that we just know how to spell the word glory or we know how to sing the word glory. I'm going to talk about the experience of the glory of Almighty God. And the glory of God is beyond the reinvention of church. The glory of God is nothing to do with smart talent. The glory of God is not to do with production values. The glory of God is not to do with the programs of church. It's not to do with the outreach of church. It's not to do with the evangelism of church. It's not to do with the service of church. The glory of God is God's glory. And it's something different. And it's something we can feel and experience and be in. It is stunning. And I don't know, but when I go into somebody's house, are you the same? I can almost, and as a pastor, visited many, many houses, obviously. I can sense when I get in a house, where there's sadness in the house, whether there's a joyful house, whether it's a happy house, whether it's a vacant house, whether it's an unclean house, I get to sense the spirit of that house. I can feel it, and actually, if it's in a negative environment, when I go out and I get in the car, I'm feeling negative. It's impacted me. The day is coming. The day is coming. When people will come to the house of God, and they will sense not a human spirit, not a manufactured spirit, but they will sense the spirit of the living God. This will be the place where the Spirit of God dwells. I mean dwells. He doesn't visit us. He dwells with us. So I'm not talking experience. I'm not talking pastors. I'm not talking leaders. I'm not talking knowledge. I'm not talking skills. I can't buy this. I can't have a workshop for this. It's the glory of God that he will not share with another. It's his glory. And the glory of God is, listen to this, it is our boast. The glory of God is our boast. The glory of God is our significance. It's our distinctiveness. And the problem with the church today is this. We are trying to melt in when, in fact, we should be standing out. And the glory of God stands out. And the presence of Jesus stands out, doesn't melt in. I am the Lord, that's my name. I will not give my glory to another. Or will I give my praise to idols? See, the former things have taken place. Now a new thing I declare. And before it springs into being, I'm going to announce them to you. My journey in life is this. I was born in a working class town in Yorkshire, large council estate. All our family were brought up in the council estate and we lived there. There were two pits, coal mines, a couple of factories that made glass bottles, One power station, and the schools educated to service these industries. And I was brought up in that environment with little aspiration, little vision for the future, not thinking I could do anything else, but what everyone else was going to do. So little vision, little hope, little ambition. Working-class environment. Now, Alan there, my friend Alan, he comes from the north of England, but he comes from the middle-class England. He comes from Morley, just outside of Bradford, middle-class. I come from working-class. I'm the authentic thing. (laughs) Except it all changed for me. One day... When I was a young teenager, I went to a Billy Graham crusade. And I heard the gospel of Jesus Christ preached. It didn't impact me because I was happy, cheerful guy. I was only there because another girl was there anyway. I really didn't go to listen to a preacher. When? When Billy Graham made an appeal When he made an appeal, something happened to me, even though I hadn't listened to the sermon. But all of a sudden, I felt dark and empty and lost and hopeless, which was not my human nature. And I felt so dark that I had to respond to the appeal. And I cried out in my spirit, I must have been the last person responding in the thousands of of, of the football stadium in Manchester. And when I stood up and I said, God save me, the difference between the darkness and the light was extreme. I felt the glory of God that I'd never even believed in. No one had ever explained it to me, but I tangibly felt the glory of God and because the glory of God, a visitation of God touched me. I was changed in an instant. I went home a completely different person. I had vision. I had aspiration. I had ambition. I got a heart to serve the God that I'd only just met. I was transformed. And I was transformed in an instant And I was transformed forever. I am not the same guy. I came home a different person. I am not the same guy now that I was just in my 16s. Completely different. After that, I got a problem fitting in. I was an industry. My headmaster got me a place in art college because I'm a bit arty. And I wanted to go to art college and I was good at art. And so he secured me a place. My dad says, you're not going to the art college. You're going to go and get a trade and you're going to work on tools like the rest of us and earn some money. So I had to go into to become a car mechanic. I was useless at it. And so anyway, that's all another story. But that's what I did for a living. When I went home, I couldn't be a mechanic any longer. Something else was burning inside of me. I was changed. I'm not a student, naturally. I'm fairly artistic. I'm not a groupy person. I don't like gathering together with crowds and groups. It's just not me. Do you know the worst things for me is put me in a house group? I know we do house groups in church, but when when I'm in a house group, I'm like an elephant in a matchbox. I just can't do it. I just can't do it. It's not me. In fact, I'm not even a natural believer. I'm a skeptic naturally. I don't do church easily. I don't like church. I don't like gathering with a crowd of people. I don't like singing. I've got a rubbish voice. I don't like this stuff. I'm just not natural at this. It don't work for me. And so, Jim asked me the other day when we were together having a coffee. He sorts me out every now and again. He thinks. And he said to me, are you enjoying your retirement? Now that presses my button and makes me angry but he knows it makes me angry because I had a confrontation we got over this retirement business and he challenged me and he had a laugh at my expense you are not retiring you do realize you are not retiring and I wanted to retire and go on my motorbike in fact I was looking forward to actually on a Sunday having a few Sundays off And actually, when Stephen said to me, what are you going to do in your retirement? I said, I'll tell you what I'm going to do in my retirement, Stephen. I'm going to go out on my motorbike just the occasional Sunday with my friends. I've always wanted to do it and never done it. Since that day, I've never been on my motorbike on a Sunday. Because I'm a changed person. And I'll tell you how it's changed. Something, something has gone into me. I'm hooked up and welded in. I want to fight. I want to protect I want to develop, I want to promote the church of Jesus Christ. But I don't like groups. But I want to. I will fight for the church even though I don't like it. Can you see my tension? I don't want to go, but I go. It's my life, it's what I do. I believe in it. I believe not in the method. I don't believe in the program. I don't believe in the tech. I don't believe in the buildings. I don't believe in the heating and the seating. I believe in the church of Jesus Christ with all my heart. And it will not leave me. I try to throw it off. It will not leave me. So I have joined the ecclesia. The ecclesia are the called out ones. We don't fit in. We're called out. That's the church. The Ecclesia, we are the Ecclesia. We are the called out ones. And I'll tell you why I now like the church, because I am meeting people who think like me. I'm meeting people who are rich like me. I'm meeting people who've got a vision like me. I'm meeting people who talk my language. That's why I like the church. In the Old Testament, we are called the Lord's congregation. Not our congregation, not the pastor's congregation, not the denomination's congregation. We are the Lord's congregation. God's people. It's in my DNA. I now know that I am the body of Christ. I'm a member of the whole body of Christ. And even though I don't like it, I cannot function without it. I am joined to you. You're joined to me. Together, we are the body of Christ. Think about it. We are the body of Christ. We are the body of Jesus Christ on planet Earth. So, my DNA says, You're part of the body, join the body. You are selected, you are called, you are purchased. I want to be with a congregation of cost bearers. Because the church of Jesus Christ will bear the cost of the kingdom. It is sacrifice and sacrifice and sacrifice. And sacrifice, but we love it. I hate running. I don't like, ru- I hate exercise. I do not like exercise. But when I do exercise, I feel better. I love being with people who love sacrifice I love to be with people who are price payers I'll pay the price here I am Lord send me here's a vision I'll fulfill it are we in difficulty there'll be the remedy people will pay the price people will stand up people will stand out People who have got saved for real. People who are born again for real. There's no pretense, there's no side, it's authentic, it's real. The problem with the elections that are coming up and all the parties that I'm listening to day after day after day after day and on my radio most of the night, it doesn't sound authentic. People are looking for somebody who is authentic and they're looking for a group that is authentic. This is an authentic group. The body of Christ is authentic. It's the real deal. We are the price payers. We are the cost bearers. And there is where the glory dwells. In that group on planet earth, Not in the trees, not in the mountains, not in the blue sky, not in the deep seas, not on a surfboard. The glory dwells within the church of Jesus Christ. The glory of God has chosen to dwell His presence, His radiance, the aura of Almighty God, the value of God. The sun, the Bible says, in all its brilliance, the expression of the absolute The total absolute on planet earth. His power, his majesty, the reflection of God himself is his glory. The revelation of God through the Holy Spirit to us. And the word glory means this. Outshining. The outshining of God. Now, you can usually tell a person when you look straight into their eyes. Can you do that? You know, look in somebody's eyes, always make eye contact, always look into somebody's eyes, and it will tell you everything about that person hard life, soft life, easy life, resentment, hurt, fear, all in the eyes. Generous, kind, open, all in their eyes. The other thing is the smile. It's like the person within shines out through eyes. It's like the person within shines out through the smile. The glory of God are the eyes of God that shine out through the church. His glory. When you look at the church, you see God. When you look at the smile of the laughter of the church, the open face of the church, see the glory of God the glory the shining, the outshining of God right then why do I go to church now these are my why you go to church is probably different to me but this is why I go to church because of what happened in my life those years ago and incidentally I haven't had that one experience just once I've had it many times a transformational experience I go to church number one I'm going to flip through these got a quarter of an hour to worship number one make a log of these I go to church firstly to worship now that's nothing to do with people that's nothing to do with how many are in church. I go to church. I go to the body to worship. I don't mean singing songs. I don't mean following the words on the overhead or projector. Overhead projector. A long time ago, isn't it? Yeah. I don't go for that. I don't go for the band. I don't go for anything in the church at all really I go to worship God I go and worship by its definition is this I step forward to kiss I step forward to embrace I and I and it's my responsibility and nobody else's I'm not waiting for the band to do it I'm not waiting for the pastor to do it I'm not waiting for members of the congregation to do it although we'd all influence one another but I, my responsibility go to my house, go to my church go amongst my people and worship me I worship the living God. I go to touch the glories. My heart soars. I lift my voice. My imagination and my visions become clearer. I come to see Him and to worship Him and internally to fall down before Him, bend my knee before Him. I submit to Him. I come to worship Him. I come to shout His glory in worship Given half a chance, I come to sing His glory, not just the words, sing His glory. I come to boast of His glory. I come to reflect His glory. Worship is all about the glory of God. Number two, I come to be edified. I walk through those doors, or the doors of the various churches I go to, to be edified. In other words, I'm like the cathedral In Wells, the project hasn't finished yet. I come to be built up. I come to be edified. I want to be built because this is a work in progress. And so I want the teaching of the church. I want the preaching of the church. I want the exposition of the church. I want the fellowship of the church to do me good. And to build me up. And challenge me. And confront me. And develop me. And I want to hear something that I can work out and submit to. I'm developing. I come to hear truth. Absolute truth. I come to be cheered up. I come to laugh. I love laughter. I mean, I'm not very good at jokes. And actually, I don't find jokes very funny. But I find human nature hysterical. Don't you? A situation comedy is hysterical. And I love people. and I love to watch people and the funny things that people do. And what we do to one another. It's hysterical. So I find people funny. And I find church funny. And it's not a morbid event at all. It's funny. And it's a wonderful thing, you know. You can, the conviction of God can come upon you. And you can be weeping, feeling so convict, and you'll laugh at the same time. It's a strange mix. You can be in a dull environment and just want to laugh. You know, because God is cheerful. God is fun. Even when He's doing His deepest work. It's fun. It's great. I got to be edified, cheered up, challenged. I want to hear the now word of God. And when I say the now word of God, I think it is our job as church leaders and pastors and preachers To get the now word of God for the congregation. For your life and mine. It's not a made up thing. It's not a copied thing. It's God's word for us here and now. I want to hear it. I want to be arrested by it, stirred by it. And I want to hear preachers that preach not just to us. But listen, because this is spiritual warfare. I want to hear preachers confronting demonic powers. I want to hear them preaching to the demonic authorities, declaring the word of God. I want them to declare the word of God to angelic beings. If our eyes could open the angelic beings here, we'd see a different world right here. We'd really see what was going on. I want us to preach the invisible as well as the visible. I want to go on number three to be influenced. Now, I want to be influenced and shaped and brought back into shape by the saints of God. I want to coach as a person. I want to mentor. I love mentoring. I love sitting down with someone and bringing some wisdom and discovering the. Pathway for the life, maybe, and feel a being of some use to that person. I love coaching. I love mentoring. I want to join their mission. I want to be present. I want to be where iron sharp's iron. I want to be influenced, and I want to be an influencer, as we all do. Number four, we're all looking for Friendship. I just don't want a long address book of useful people. I want friendship. I mean, I want true friendship. I want to be able to sit down with people and I want those kind of people to tell me the truth about stuff. I want to know the truth about their life. I want them to know the truth about my life. I mean, I want real friendship. I want accountability. And this is a big one. Really, you don't know who I am. Not really. And really, I don't know who you are. But if I was a fraud and if I was fake, it wouldn't take you long to find out. And that's why God put us together so that we can be accountable together and live transparent lives and be open with one another. A voice that says, if there's anything fake in me, will you tell me please? It's challenged so we can be authentic with one another. True friendship. I want to be, and I go to church, number five, to be in the house of prayer. House of prayer. Now, I don't mean prayers that are on a list. I'm not talking about little hopes. I'm not talking about, oh, you know, I've got a bad back. Pray for me this week. I've got a bad back. Pray for me. All that's good. It's okay, but I want to be in a house of prayer that prays passionate, is gap standing, it's pulling down of authorities, it's building up, it's taking possession of the land. It has an expectation as it prays for the nation and the community and the church and you and me, a prayer that is so pregnant with the power of God. And we feel that power together and that urgency together. And I tell you, when I truly pray, when I truly pray is when my children or my grandchildren are sick. Truly pray when my daughter wasn't supposed to have another baby. There was a, something would, very dangerous for her to discover that she, she was pregnant. And the pregnancy, the last pregnancy could have taken her life. Or the babies. Did we pray? Did we pray? Then you pray with urgency. Then you pray because it's important. Then you pray because it means something to you. Then you give it all your energy. Then you're thinking about it day and night. You're praying about it. It's there in your consciousness. You're praying about it. God, 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 God. The house of prayer is a house that is God, God, God. God, we have a united vision. We have a united passion. We have a united desire. God, this is a house of prayer. This is Godward. Not manward. Finishing up, for this morning. The next thing: when I was a lad, I didn't like going to church at all. I've already explained that, still don't. But my mother, it was my mother that made me go to church. And my mother, if I wouldn't behave myself, she used to clip me around the back of back my head. You're not supposed to do that today, but dear me. She's done it. You are right, son? I've not finished yet, but you, you, you can. Not, I haven't made the appeal yet, mate. But sit over there, Jim, make room for some more. And mum says, you're going to church. And I said, I'm not going to church. mum. I don't want to go to church. I discovered football and so on. I don't want to go to church. I don't want to go to church. I don't listen to anything. It's it's rubbish. It's ridiculous. It's stupid. What are they all doing? Sad people. Poof. She used to hit me around the back of the neck. And I used to go to church. And then one day I said, why do I have to go to church? You know, the why again. Why do I have to go to church? And this I've never forgotten. She said, you are going to church because of the pastor. She might have said God, but it's the pastor. You're going for the pastor's sake. And I went to church for years for the pastor's sake. The pastor never talked to me, I'm only a lad. I'm going for the pastor's sake. Why am I going for the pastor's sake? Because do you realize, Claude, the pastor is 24 7 on his church. He lives it, he breathes it, he worries about it, he's concerned about it. He loves us all. He gives his life for it. Him and his wife and his children, 24-7, they never stop working. They never stop thinking. They never stop praying. They've given their lives to this church, and you can't get out of bed and go to church. Bang. I said to Sue on many a time, I'm not going to church. I don't want to go to church. And Sue says, you're going to church. Why? Because you're the pastor. You go to church. Come to the last three. I go f- because of my family. I go to the house of God regardless of what's happening. I go for my family. I go for my wife because she expects me to be here. She expects me to be part of the household of God. She expects that of me. She wants to be proud of me. In the church of Jesus Christ, I go for my two sons, I go for my daughter, and I go for all my grandchildren because I want the harvest of the family to come into the church. And I've given my life to the church and the services of the church because of my family as well. And now, my son, my, my how many have I got? Son, two daughters, no, two sons, one daughter, are all ordained in the ministry because we've made. Church, important, but we've made it fun and great and challenging and developing and gutsy and masculine and feminine all at the same time. I go to empower and to enable the pastor. And I'm saying to the pastor, I want you to go higher. And while he's preaching, while Jim is preaching, while Steve is preaching, in my spirit, I'm saying, go higher, go stronger. Say it as it is. Is find an anointing. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. I'm behind him one hundred percent. If I don't do that, my mother when I get to heaven will go pang for my family. Last three. I go to church to stay in church. It's my intention. The journey from here to church is the longest in the world because we've got all the demons saying don't go. Go to church and stay there. Stay in church. Don't flirt with the idea of leaving and going and leaving the whole church. It's your home. Stay. I come to stay. Come to stay. And I'm not going to fall out with it. And I'm not going to trash it. And I'm not going to dish it. I'm part of the solution. We all are. I come to church to stay. And I come to be at peace. Because I live in a world where there's no peace. But here I'll find the peace of God that passes all understanding. And lastly, and lastly, I come here to die here. Now I'm not saying right there. Although that happened to my dad. He had a major stroke in church. And it was the last time he went to church, and then he died as a result of it. I my mean, dad hadn't gone to church for years, and then he came back, and he had a stroke in church. And even though I was in mourning for my dad, I thought, thank God. What a great place to die. With the family of God around you, in church, being obedient. And being there. Next week, the time is coming when we'll stop talking about revival. The time is coming when we'll stop talking about refreshing. The time is coming when the glory of God will fill His temple here. Next week, the glory of God. Amen, amen, amen.